I want all the listeners to know that on more than one occasion when Sophia and I had radio, we played that song and it wasn't easy to play that song because it was not on Spotify. (laughs) So we took the time to find it on YouTube and hit play and play it over the radio waves. Yes. And that's how committed we are to the Dream Dream song. It is a banger. Uh, there's it's a, a banger, line and it, it should be on Spotify. <laughs> where he says, go to sleep, you little bleep, bleeping himself out, because this is a PG movie. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, and as it's sort of working and Max falls asleep, uh, there's a, 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 a shark cycle that appears, and Lava goes like, it's working, keep going. So the music, like, record scratch, breaks it down. Taylor Lautner flips across the screen and continues the dream song. And when I tell you, audience, that I was bopping along in my <laughs> sofa watching this it's um, so I good. do believe that Taylor Lautner did his own stunts for this movie I would I guess. feel like I've heard that somewhere <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Movie Struck, the podcast about movies and the people who watch them. I'm your host, Sophia Richardi, and I am joined today by my former radio co-host and uh, college friend, Rachel. Rachel, welcome to the show. Excited to be here. Excited to, to return to some radio roots. Yeah, we're really, we're really busting out our, uh, our, our origin stories here, bringing it back to the Transmission Impossible days. Uh, we ran a show in college that dealt with um, movie and TV soundtracks and scores and whatever was on our minds that week. So it's, it's fun to have you on because I know I know we've got that <laughs> we've got that movie love and energy coming to the studio today. So Rachel, every episode of the show, uh, I bring on a different guest and I ask them the same question, which is why the only question I have for you today is uh, why did we watch the adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl? <laughs> I'm so excited for this one. It's a great question. Why why didn't we watch The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl is the real question. True. Um Yeah, so it I really wanted to to pick a movie that was like kind of a childhood cult classic mm-hmm. that's definitely, you know, the kind of thing that you want to watch drunk in your twenties. Um <laughs> I did not I don't think I was drinking even when I watched it. I watched mm-hmm. it Stone Cold Sober. Yep. And it was really inspired by listening to the New Moon episode of Movie Struck. And I was like, you know, I think we need more Taylor Lautner. Oh, yeah. We got to have a little Taylor Lautner moment. You know, the thing with the show is I can't really control when we have, like, ongoing series so much because it is so driven by guest choice. So I love when something like this happens where we have a weird through line between a couple episodes. And I guess the through line we're going with for the last couple is just Taylor Lautner's existence. And I'm yeah. so okay with that. It's perfect. So we, we jump into this movie, and this came out in 2005, which, uh, I don't know about you, but this is, like, peak childhood movie for me. This was the thing that, if it was on, like, we were watching it. We I definitely going had the DVD. Yes, exactly. Yep. <laughs> it, it, this is this was the go-to. It was, like, this and Spy Kids, I think, were the same studio, so you get a little bit of that uh, crossover. And it has a certain look to it that you get immediately with the title credits. It's some very 2005 CGI <laughs> <laughs> okay, so actually, I did not only watch this movie. I, you know, oh. asked my roommate. I'm like, "Hey, I'm watching this movie for Sophia's podcast. You know, you have nothing else going on a Sunday. Do you want to watch it with me?" And she's like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> um, and we got talking about it, and I had never seen Sky High. So <gasps> afterward, we watched Sky High, Beautiful. which is another 2005 movie, and another you know, early 2000s hit. Yeah, um, and we're watching 
Sharkboy and Lava Girl, I'm like, you know, maybe this was just how animation was at the time. I don't really remember. As a kid, I was like, wow, <laughs> this is like peak animation, peak everything. Yeah. And then we watched Sky High, and I was like, oh, wow, it didn't have to be no. like that. <laughs> that was entirely intentional. There was a very specific look that this and, like, the, the um, original three Spy Kids movies had that I think is a result of the studio who made it, because it, yeah. it is tied so closely to those four movies. And I can't think of a fifth movie that looked like this. It's it's the world's, like, smoothest and yet chunkiest CGI. Like, it looks like sludge but it's also perfect. Oh, I think it's also tied to right when like 3D movies became yes. a real thing. And not yeah. like, not today's 3D movies. This was no. the, the red and blue glasses, oh, yeah. 3D you'd movies. Go, you'd go to the theater, they had special glasses for this movie's release that were themed to match the ones that they wear at a later scene in the movie. I do remember <laughs> Sharkboy and Lava Girl, they had two different ones. There's like the yes. Sharkboy glasses and Lava Girl glasses. Yes. Yeah, and they integrated that into the actual movie, which we'll get to in a little bit. Oh. It's it's Sorry. incredible how overt it is. Um, but something about this like particular era of movies, because this is what I was watching when I was a kid, makes me super nostalgic. So watching it now made me want to go and then watch the three Spy Kids movies, which I haven't done yet. I think it's on the, the, t the docket for a holiday movie. I mean... <laughs> I might have to watch it after we're done recording. Like that's yeah. <laughs> Okay, do you have a favorite Spy Kids of the three? I think the one I've seen the most is Spy Kids 3D Game Over, and that does have a great Sylvester Stallone playing like five characters at once moment in it. But I do think that Spy Kids 2 has maybe the rawest line in all of cinema in it. So it's kind of a tie between those two. I love the original as well. You know, we none of them none of them miss. They're all hits. But yeah, they're all something perfect. about the, the two sequels really just like they went even even more in on their concept, and I really love them. I, I feel that. But we're not here to talk about the Spy Kids trilogy, unfortunately. We're, <laughs> we're here to talk about Sharkboy and Lava Girl. So we open, we go through our, our, our wonderful 2005 CGI logos, Troublemaker Studios, this little guy pops in, uh, and the screen goes black. <laughs> and we open in dramatic fashion on a quote from Lava Girl herself. Everything that is or was began with a dream. To inform us that there is, in fact, a meaning behind this movie. <laughs> the dramatic quotes was not something I remembered. I did not Because I probably like, didn't... Yeah. I probably didn't... I thought that was cool as a child. And now I'm like, oh, wow. Exactly. This it's, was a... This was <laughs> this a choice. This movie is structured like a very serious, like, Oscar-nominated historical drama. But it is still fundamentally Sharkboy and Lava Girl. So any message that it has is buried in the goop of the 2005 CGI. Quite literally goop. Um, quite literally goop, because the planet they end up on, spoilers, I guess. If you're listening to this podcast, all of Sharkboy and Lava Girl is about to get spoiled for you, but <laughs> the planet they land on is basically just goop. In sort of a voiceover narration, our main character, Max, tells us the origin uh, of Sharkboy, a.k.a. a young Taylor Lautner, <laughs> who was uh, the son of a marine biologist living with his dad on their, their floating lab, he used to, growing up, feed sushi to the sharks. <laughs> Which we see as this voiceover is happening, of course, uh, images of this young young shark boy feeding uh, sushi to a, a group of sharks nearby. Until How did he a... get the sushi? How did he get the sushi? This just, I... like... He's in the middle of the ocean. Does he does he catch his own fish and make his own sushi? Because that's pretty impressive for like an eight year old. Right? 
I want maybe like his. I guess maybe his dad could have assisted, but even then, sushi seems just like a, a difficult choice. You know, they have to have a certain quality of fish in order to make sushi. I feel I like, like sharks would have just taken sharks. fish. You know? Exactly. It was an interesting detail that they chose to include because immediately out of the gate, I was like, "Wait, that's weird." And now I'm thinking <laughs> about the logistics of how did this kid get sushi? Why? Why did he choose to feed sushi to sharks? Why did the sharks enjoy it so much more than just normal fish? Because they they were they were waiting for it, even though it is ostensibly less fish than they would normally be eating. But we're not left to ponder that long because a freak storm sweeps the whole lab away and separates Shark Boy and his father, who float into opposite directions on their individual rafts, <laughs> leaving Shark Boy completely alone, except for the sharks swarming around the water. Also, I realize I keep calling him Shark Boy. Uh, we don't learn a different name for him. It's said that Shark Boy was his dad's nickname for him because, again, he befriended all of these sharks by feeding them sushi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, why Shark Boy? Why would why, you call your I, I call your kid Shark Boy? You know, and Shark Boy, because he has been a friend to the sharks all these time, is not eaten by them after he is separated from his father, but instead taken to their cave home, where hundreds of sharks live, and and they raise him as one of their own. Uh, one particularly wise shark teaches them teaches him their ways, a very Mr. Miyagi-type mentor, but again, he's a CGI shark, uh, and eventually... The CGI is, sharks are really... There's something. I feel like it's the peak of the animation in this movie. Like, oh, yeah. Also, the scene where he's, like, standing in the cave, yes. and they're all, like, around yes. him, so dramatic. <laughs> so dramatic. His origin is so much more dramatic than anyone else's in this this whole story. We get so much Shark Boy lore up front, and then we just hear, like, Lava Girl exists. They're like, yeah, she's just there. Yeah, she's there. She's the lava lava girl. It's in her name. Eventually, Shark Boy's body begins to grow like gills and a fin and like shark parts. <laughs> just because that's how evolution works. Um, yeah. And we, we go on to hear our narrator, Max, explain that he first met Shark Boy while fishing on a dock. Uh, and Shark Boy seemed super lost. So Max snuck him home past his um, arguing parents, thus framing the home issues for Max throughout the rest of the movie. Uh, and he kept him in his shower and fed him and kept him uh, in water. Uh, as Shark Boy sort of explained that he's going on adventures to the planet Drool and he's looking for his dad on Earth. Uh, but one night after taking Shark Boy home, Lava Girl appeared in his house and she took Shark Boy back to Drool with her. Uh, and Max decided to stay behind because he had to go to school the next day. And as he sort of finishes up this narration, Max says, and that's what I did this summer. And we find out that this whole tale was him giving a report in front of his class, who, as he finishes it, immediately begin to all pelt him with paper, except for one girl sitting in the front of the room. <laughs> oh, man. What a this rowdy movie, class. It's simultaneously, <laughs> like... Sounds like it was written by a child, but mm -hmm. also, like, a group of 50-year-old white men trying to assume what children think. Yes. Absolutely. It's weirdly well-constructed and so cringy also, at the so same time. Bad. <laughs> like, there's, there is a structure here, and you can see the seams of this movie. Like, you can see exactly where they stitched pages together. You're like, oh, they did a rewrite here. You can see where the concepts are coming from, but at the same time, it's the most, this is what I imagine a child talks like 50-year-old man writing it. It's fascinating. I <laughs> love the writing in this movie. Particularly, like, all of Max's dialogue. Yes. I'm like, is this what you think children talk like? <laughs> right. I mean, okay. 
Max is, I think, the one who it's most noticeable for, uh, for a few reasons. One, because this is very clearly written by an adult, but for another, I think a lot of the other characters are much more, um, quote-unquote characters than he is. He's sort of, like, the audience surrogate for all- we're supposed to relate to Max, and everyone else is sort of just like, here's the box that you fit in. You are going to say lines that make sense for this character type. And so when, like, Linus is throwing out a liner, then I'm like, that's not what a kid would say. It's fine, because it's kind of what, like, the bully villain would say. It's fine. Yeah, he's a villain. Like, we all get that we're all mm-hmm. on board mm-hmm. his class however not on board with his his story they don't think it's real they pelt him with paper balls uh george lopez who is his teacher <laughs> i forgot that george lopez was in this movie and then that like scene happened and i was like oh my god he's not only in this movie but he is a a prominent part of it he plays two characters at least i was trying to figure out if he voiced any others and i couldn't really i couldn't suss it out um yeah (laughs) oh there was somebody that i was like that sounds like george lopez yes yes but george lopez is uh here he is the teacher of this i don't know fourth grade ish class uh he tries to get them all to settle down one boy starts to heckle max uh in the back of the class we'll later learn that this is linus our bully character before uh, the girl sitting at the front who didn't throw paper cuts in and starts asking Max if Lava Girl has any special powers. But this is about when George Lopez tries to like bring everything back on the rails and says, you know, there's no such thing as Lava Girl. Lava Girl's not real. Max kind of ignores him and tries to explain that she can shoot lava out of her hands. And that's sort of all the backstory we'll get for Lava Girl is that she is um, she can shoot lava out of her hands. But we'll see that she can actually shoot lava out of pretty much anywhere and also has other... Sub- semi-related lava powers she also lives in a volcano she lives in a volcano but it's not explained like where in the does she just live like in the middle of it Uh, yeah she just points at it and she's like oh that's where i live tragic lack of lava girl backstory in this movie uh compared to like they do so much legwork to explain who shark boy is and then lava girl just exists (laughs) that's my that's the biggest flaw with the opening of this movie where's the lava girl content George Lopez then turns to the class and asks who thinks that his story is true, and only the girl in the front raises her hand. Uh, I love the reactions of some of these students, too. <laughs> because instead of just not raising their hands to kind of let their classmate live, um, one kid just straight up, like, blows a raspberry at him. <laughs> Another's like, no. They just, they are ruthless 2000s kids. <laughs> Well, and they do it straight in front of, like, George Lopez, and, like, any teacher I have ever had, like, if you even threw, like, half of a paper ball would be, like, detention, go to the principal's office, and he's just like, yeah, guys, quit it. Yeah, George Lopez clearly (laughs) has no control over any of these students, because they they disrespect him frequently, and they are ruthless to Max. Uh, The bully from earlier, Linus, challenges Max to bring Sharkboy and Lava Girl to class, and then... Uh, gets up to tell the story of Dork Boy, which is just him bullying Max for having gotten up and talked about this uh, dream that they all are like, this is made up, it's not real. Uh, George Lopez asks Linus and Max to stay behind as the bell rings, um, but not before he has the whole class very specifically out loud to the audience say what his name is. Uh, he's Mr. Electrodad. <laughs> which he pronounces exactly like you'd expect. Um, and that is a clue, dear listeners, to both uh, a relationship he may have with a student and also um, what he may appear as later on in the movie. George Lopez features so heavily in two different forms in this movie. He gives Linus a minus for his behavior and tries to convince Linus and Max that they actually have to be friends now instead of uh, antagonists. 
And he uh, kind of dismisses Linus and tells Max to try and make real friends this year because dreaming is really keeping you from seeing what's right in front of you. Uh, and Max goes and makes a note of that in his dream journal, which is a little book he carries around everywhere and writes his dreams in. As, as he leaves outside the class, uh, Linus immediately starts to bully him once again, this time by showing him a doodle of Shark Boy getting shocked and eaten by electric eels. Max says, like, Ruthless. your dreams are weak, man. <laughs> sick burn coming from Max uh, and that prompts Linus and his cronies to start sort of chasing him down trying to get his dream journal. Max jukes on them a little bit on the playground but as he climbs up the jungle gym he hits his head, drops his journal and Linus picks it up promising a revised edition in the morning. What what another like classic like what child called that a revised edition? A revised. Linus is the most Linus is the kid who would have gotten bullied in my public high school. He's such an old soul. <laughs> I was about to say, exactly. like, you know, Max would probably just, like, skate by. Like, no one would really pay attention to him as long as he didn't, you know, like, try and interact with anyone. He's he probably, probably a quiet been, like, kid, a quiet you know? Kid. Yeah. Linus would have gotten ruthlessly destroyed. <laughs> this kid is just the worst. <laughs> that night, as Max is going to bed, there's a great storm outside. Uh, and in his head, he hears the voices of Shark Boy and Lava Girl echo with the reverb setting turned all the way up, telling him to stay dreaming and then eventually to wake up. He does, and he follows a, a series of wet, suspiciously fin-shaped footprints to the kitchen, where there's a melted they really glass of milk. They really lean all the way into these all like, the way in. characters. <laughs> if you are ever wondering what Shark Boy and Lava Girl, like what traces of them could be left in their environment, Wonder no more, dear listeners, because it will, <laughs> it will be very overt. They they waste no time in being like they the have boiling shark milk, the That's boiling real... milk and the melted glass. all of the like melted or like burnt cookies. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Max makes his way down to the kitchen, and there's a, a plate of very large cookies, and he holds one up that has a perfectly jagged shark bite taken out of it, and he says, "Shark boy." Then he holds up a black charred cookie in the other hand. And says, Lava Girl, it's amazing. Max is really concerned that the viewers will not know what's yes. happening. Yes, he's doing no a great subtext. job in his like Again, audience, audience, audience surrogate character. Exactly. He's he takes his job he's, seriously. He's walking us through this rich and nuanced narrative. Uh, there's a lightning flash and Shark Boy and Lava Girl hanging from an archway in his kitchen appear, but as the light turns back on, they vanish. Uh <laughs> And jumping in with a karate chop to startle him. It's Max's dad, my favorite character in this entire movie. <laughs> Max's so dad, much. like, did not resonate with me. I didn't, I don't know, childhood me did not care about Max's dad. No. You know, 24-year-old me was like, wow, this yeah. guy is great. <laughs> yes, <laughs> my exactly. My favorite. 10-year-old Sophia, favorite character, Shark Boy, hands down. 23-year-old Sophia, favorite character, immediately upon seeing him, Max's dad. He enters the room with, like, a karate chop, startling his son, uh, and then his mom immediately follows in, and very distraughtly is like, my cookies, my giant cookies, I can't believe you took the shark bite out of them. Oh, and then there's another line, too, about how she made those cookies so that Max could make friends. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, which prompts the okay. dad to try one and then be like, he wouldn't be making any friends with these cookies. <laughs> Their marriage is on the rocks, as we know from the earlier scene where Max snuck past them and they were arguing. 
He tried, Max tries to explain that it wasn't him who ate the cookies, it was Sharkboy Lava Girl, and his dad sort of seems like maybe he believes him a little bit. His dad's clearly the, the less pragmatic one of their uh, parental duo, but a scolding look from his mom silences him, and they both send him back up to bed while they continue to argue about growing up uh, and whether Max should or not. Back in bed, Max goes to sleep, telling himself that there's no such thing as Sharkboy and Lava Girl before changing his mind as he gets shocked by... Uh, a very, um, OSHA would not approve of this, a very dangerously assembled power strip on his bedside table attached to a lava lamp and several plugs. Yes, this is <laughs> hinting at who sort of the antagonistic force the rest of the movie will be, but also it is an OSHA violation, and I feel like I would be remiss as a, a, a safety fan if I did not point that out. <laughs> This is a child who is definitely going to injure themselves. Please put child safety caps on all of your exposed electrical outlets. <laughs> Do too many plugs could overload a breaker. It's just it's not a safe situation. No, it's a bad. And clearly, his parents left him alone to like assemble yes. all of this. And then he's got like the spaceship alarm clock, and uh-huh. there's just a lot happening there's on a that lot nightstand. That, that nightstand. It's 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 a risky situation. Uh, he talks out loud to himself about how he'd rather go to Planet Drool than to school, and he wishes for a storm to let him stay home and dream of drool. This is truly, like, the only really, like, instance of these, you know, 50-year-old writers or whoever getting children. Like, yes, yes, nobody wants to go to school. They, you know, want there to be a storm, snow day, like mm-hmm. all the way. Like yes. this was it. This was the one instance where they got it right. Yeah, they really captured the like waking up extra early in the next morning to try and hear if your school has a snow day on like the ra- local radio station or something. Uh, that that energy that you have as a kid. Props, <laughs> props for this one scene because they're gonna immediately follow it up with a whole lot of nonsense. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful nonsense, but nonsense Fantastic nonsense. Uh, as he falls asleep, we get flashes of his dream interrupted by his alarm clock, and he rushes over to the window to throw it open to see if there's the storm he, he wished for outside, but it's, it's just a beautiful sunny day instead. At breakfast, his mom shows his dad the classifieds, the job wanted ads, uh, which he scoffs at. <laughs> Here, we learn that his dad is a unemployed writer, which sort of explains why he was willing to go along with Max's dreaminess a bit more, while his, his mom is a bit more practical. She's very... Straight Just another reason why Max's dad is the best yes. character in the whole yes. movie. Like, he reveals yeah. that he's wearing a clip-on tie that he had to go dig around through the attic for. And Iconic. while he was looking for it, he found a broken-up robot named Tobor that he and Max had been working on. Um, but Max is like, he didn't work, and you guys said he wouldn't work, so I stopped, you know, trying. And it's a little sad moment of like, oh no, I crushed my son's dreams, and he looks so genuinely hurt by it, proving again <laughs> best written character in this movie is Max's dad. I love him so much. Uh, (laughs) That was a real, like, surprise twist for me, because I came into this expecting to be like, yeah, shark boy, and now as an adult, I'm like, wait, there was this rich, nuanced character in front of us all along, and we ignored him. We ignored him. (laughs) We're all just just distracted by by Taylor Lautner as shark boy. Yes. Something that really threw me, I think I I saw a tweet about this, and then I googled it, I'm like, that's that's correct. Um, This movie came out three years before Twilight. Oh my god. Twilight oh my came gosh. out in... I, I googled it, hold on. Twilight came out in 2008, and I'm 90% sure this movie was 2005. Yeah, it would have been right around. This movie was 2005 for sure. Yep. Oh, wow. Yep, correct. Wow. Taylor. 
I guess he looks a lot younger in Twilight than he does in, like, New Moon, which is the one I watched most recently, as listeners to the podcast will know. But still, that's crazy. No, I just, um, yeah, I just Googled it, and it shows a picture of, like, full-formed adult Taylor Lautner. (laughs) (laughs) Like the IMDb. Okay. (laughs) It's like, ah, yes. Ah, yes. He got there eventually. He grew up. He grew up. Here, he's still definitely uh, in baby status, but we... There's some, like, really genuinely... I don't want to say moving, because nothing in this movie is moving, but there's some standout acting from Taylor Lautner <laughs> later on in the way he delivers certain lines um, that you don't get from a lot of the other cast members. It's a pretty, like, flat, across-the-board, performance-wise movie. George Lopez, props to him, gives it his all. <laughs> you know, really? I feel, like... Especially with all of the CGI in this movie, like, Mm -hmm. those kid actors, I think they did, I'm sure they were not actually acting with anything remotely what it looked like. Yeah. I feel like they they did a pretty good job, considering. Yeah, no one's truly terrible. You just, there's definitely, like, a a handful of moments where it's like, oh, I could see, like, who's gonna go on to at least be in other movies more consistently, or... Um, cause I'm trying to think of, I don't know if the kid who played Max was in anything else, actually. That's a good little IMDb trip. Uh, um, the actress who plays, um, Marissa, who is the girl that believes Max in mm-hmm. the classroom scene, was in Pretty Little Liars. Oh, look at Another her. early 2000s throwback. Yes. We love to see it. She was, um, she was Allison. Kind of the, the... The one that gets murdered. Very, wow. very iconic. So she, she went on to do big things after this. <laughs> yes. Props to, props to her for that. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's uh, any other, like, notable stand-up performances. Like, she's, none of them, again, none of them are bad. Um, Caden Boyd, who played Max, is, uh, I think Max is a little bit insufferable as a character sometimes in the way that, like, young kids can kind of be irritating. It's sort of the, like, Wesley Crusher on Star Trek effect where you're like, oh, I just kind of wish you were more with what was going on. Like, you can't really blame the the actor for that. That's just a, the result of the role they were playing. On, <laughs> as Max leaves for, for school in the morning, he's he's out in his front lawn where his mom is marveling at singed, perfect footprints walking away from the house in the grass. Uh, but Once Max, again, they really want to make sure we know what's happening. Yes, we've seen shark footprints. Now we're seeing lava footprints. That's how the that's how seeding the plot works. These are <laughs> context clues, dear listener. But Max doesn't seem to really care about this. She tries to tell him to cheer up by telling him that he should push his dream aside and move on, which she's completely misunderstood the assignment on that one. He asks if that's what she did with her dream, and she, like, looks wistfully off and tells her son that she and his father aren't compatible. Uh, They say, they pretty much do everything short of saying, like, we're going to get a divorce in this movie. And with that happy thought, they finish talking and reveal that they live across the street from the school, which Max bemoans. And as she sends him off, she says, come home after school since we have some stuff to talk about. And now mirroring his earlier statement of, I don't want to go to school. He's like, I wish, you know, this day wouldn't end so that I don't have to go home. Um, So he doesn't have a great school life. He's clearly got some issues at home, too, going on. As he enters school, Linus and his goons pelt him with paper balls once again in the wide shot before we walk in on Mr. Lopez, who, okay, he's giving a lesson on tornadoes as an ominous storm starts to gather outside. Uh, (laughs) But then later in the scene... Wonder what could happen. Yes, crazy. Who could guess? 
Later in this scene, the bell rings and Linus walks in and Max sits down to, like, start class. But Mr. Mr. Electrodad has already started class. Look, I respect George Lopez as an actor, but his skills as a teacher in this scene leave a lot to be desired. Before before the bell rings, though, uh, Marissa, the girl from the other day, talks about her dream duo that she came up with, Ice Girl and Dream Boy. Give you a few guesses as to who, who those are going to end up being. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Lopez tries to focus her in, while the whole class, clearly not in their seats, is kind of sharing what their dream duos of heroes they came up with is with each other. Um, Marissa sneezes and explains that she's super cold uh, and gets told to stay inside because of her allergies. Max offers to change seats with her since she's sitting at the front of the class right underneath the vent. But as he's talking to her and she seems worried she's going to get in trouble, uh, Mr. Electrodad calls him to his desk and asks if he's trying to make real friends, which Max is like, yeah, I'm trying to do what you told me. And George Lopez is like, great, just not with my daughter. And we learn that Electrodad is the dad of Marissa. They named him Electrodad! Electrodad! Electrodad. <laughs> Put dad in the name! Oh. It just. Once nothing, again, like. Once again. What's yeah. going on with this school system that, like, <laughs> they put his daughter in his classroom? Yeah. Like, again, no. No actual elementary school would do that. Like it's the, you get the real sense of like you're looking at this school through the eyes of the kids, but then also what's happening is complete nonsense. So it's really hard to distinguish. Like, is this just because we're in Max Vision, or is this just a poorly run school district? Could go either way. Could go. Could go either way. Uh, <laughs> Linus walks in, and then the bell rings to start class. Although the lesson has again already started. Um, and Max immediately goes over to demand his dream journal back. Linus at first is like, I didn't take your dream journal. And then Lopez calls him Minus, which is a very cruel nickname to give to a child because he's always giving Linus minuses for his behavior. Uh, and Linus gives the dream journal back. But as Max flips through it, he sees it's been all scribbled over and destroyed. And in an iconic delivery, as I think anyone who was on TikTok a couple months ago will remember. <laughs> Max yells, he ruined my dream journal! And Linus responds, I did not, Mr. Electrodad! Send him to the principal's office and have him expelled! <laughs> then he gets the journal thrown in his head. I don't know, this actor, this child actor just really knows how to deliver a yes. line dramatically. Every single one, they're all like... 110%. You, it's like, a theater kid of the making. This kid does absolutely. not miss. It's a different direction from how, like, Taylor Lautner's deliveries are almost kind of good for his character as a child actor. Linus's deliveries um, aren't good, but work incredibly well because he is playing a child. Uh, and is a child. But, like, I think if you... <laughs> He's definitely really hamming it up, but it works for this role. This whole movie is <laughs> just, like, movie. hamming it up. You're right. You know, the whole movie is hamming it up. Or sharking it up, I guess. Sharking it <laughs> You can't really be lobbying it up isn't a thing. There's nothing there. Mr. Electrodad then stands up and says that he gives a whole speech about how like, he's the teacher and he knows everything, and that they're both going to the principal's office at the end of class. And as he declares this, the storm kicks up. All the windows smash open, and Linus grabs the journal from the ground as a tornado approaches the school. Uh, and Sharkboy and Lava Girl, here in the real world for the first time that we've overtly seen, leap out of the tornado and into the classroom. As everyone sort of looks on in awe, Lava Girl 360s her head to stare at uh, George Lopez and then back to the class where she says that she's looking for Max, 
who they all point to as he's cowering under his desk. <laughs> she walks back towards him, singeing the edges of desks and papers as she goes, which prompts Linus to hold up a piece of paper that she's burned and declare, Whoa, she's hot! Um, which makes Taylor Lautner, a.k.a. Shark Boy, tear up the paper and growl at him uh, very aggressively, which is the first of many times that he will just kind of do shark. Sharks don't growl. They're fish. So They are fish. It's a sh- but, you know, he's a good friend. He's 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 looking out for her. Yeah. Yeah. He just he's supposed to. OK, so Shark Boy has the power of sharks, right? He's Shark Boy. We got that. We got a lot of backstory for this. But the way that they're doing that is just sort of like sharks are aggressive, so Shark Boy is aggressive. And I almost wish it, I almost wish that he was like the silent, <laughs> the stoic silent type, because he's a sh- like shark. I don't know a lot about marine biology, but my understanding of sharks is that they're not particularly loud. Like they don't have. It's not like whales where they have a song no, or anything. They just kind of hang. They just kind of hang. Earlier in the movie, we got some shark philosophy, which is, you know, always move forward, never move back. You have to keep moving. Classic. Which sharks do have to keep moving in order to breathe. So that was A-plus marine biology, shark boy and lava girl. Uh, <laughs> but I wish I knew more about the growls, because Taylor Lautner does a lot of growling in this movie. I guess setting him up for a, a career as a, a werewolf actor later on. But here, he's a were-shark. Not even a were-shark. It's just, the logistics of shark boy fascinate me. <laughs> Uh, easily lifting up the desk that he's hiding under, Lava Girl grabs Max to come with them to the planet Drool, uh, as Shark Boy takes the opportunity to nails on the chalkboard using his claws, draw a diagram of the solar system now including planet Drool, as Lava Girl explains that Max should know where they're going, he made it all up, uh, and Max is like, no, wait, this is just a crazy dream. You guys aren't real. I'm gonna close my eyes, and when I am open them, you'll be gone. But when he opens his eyes, nope, they just stepped out of his peripheral vision, and they appear from behind him for dramatic effect. Uh, and George Lopez tells Max that you better go with them. Uh, and so Max finally off making with some good decisions as a teacher. Yes. You yes. know, immediately, lecture immediately student, accepting go. the situation that he's in. There's a tornado bearing down on him in the class. And he's going to send this child out into the storm with um, two <laughs> people dressed as superheroes, presumably um, real superheroes, but I guess in a world where they didn't previously exist. He's he's an early adapter, you know? George Lopez was ahead of the curve. George Lopez is like, you know what? I don't understand things, but I'm just going to go with it. Yeah, he's really, he's with really willing to, to roll with it. Yes. So he takes the class to find shelter. Uh, Linus takes the opportunity to look menacingly at the camera, indicating to us that he will continue to be a problem throughout the rest of the movie, even though we are leaving the real world for now. Shark Boy, Lava Girl, and Max run across across the lawn towards a giant shark-shaped rocket that they're going to take to Planet Drool. Um, it's a sp- I forgot it- about the rocket. <laughs> I did I was forget like, about wow. the rocket. Yeah, it looks like the rocket uh, alarm clock that he had, except this one has um, a shark fin and shark face carved into it so that you know it's shark boy themed. Uh, And as they enter the rocket, we get a big glasses on sign, which serves dual purpose of both allowing, telling them to put their glasses on. And also, were you watching this at home or in the theater, telling us, the audience, it's time to put on our 3D glasses. (laughs) Let's get ready for all that Sweet, sweet 2005 3D action. <laughs> and we all thought that was so cool and exciting and innovative. And now the it's just like, oh gosh. The height of cinematic masterpiece. If something was not popping out at me through the screen, I didn't care about the movie. That's just no. 2005 for you. 
They sit in um, chairs inside the rocket ship that all look like sharks. Uh, and Lava Girl gives out their goggles, which was also, like we mentioned earlier, this is what the promotional like 3D glasses you would get at the theater for Shark Boy and Lava Girl looked like. They were pink for the girl and blue for the boys. Uh, but they only classic, they early classic, 2000s classic early 2000s sexism. Yeah. Um, and they only have in the rocket two pink pairs and one blue, so Max gets the girl goggles. But honestly, they look fly, so who cares? You know, he looks great. Whatever 3D goggles you want, you wear. Sharkboy asks Max how to fly the rocket, explaining that they don't know, and that's kind of been their whole problem. They need they need Max to sort of guide them through the stream. Uh, and Max hits a pedal, and then presses go, and they're off. He explains that there's an autopilot. Lava Girl is like, oh, you thought of everything! And he's like, well, not everything, because he never thought of a way to land the rocket. They brace for impact, and they crash into a very gooey CGI planet. Uh, and the goo pops out at us, which if we had our 3D glasses on, I'm sure we would see it, it emerging from the screen. <laughs> I'm sure it would have been very, you yes, know, very dramatic, very dramatic, good, profound. inspiring. Off in the distance, there's a theme park, and as the trio exits, Max is like, this doesn't quite look like my dream world, which Sharkboy and Lava Girl seem a little worried. He doesn't seem to remember his dreams, including that he had powers, and they explain that every dream he's ever had has been landing here on planet Drool, but the planet's been dying since yesterday when something happened, and they're not quite sure what, but savvy viewers will remember that yesterday is when his dream journal got stolen on the playground. Connect those dots as you will. I just connected those dots now. <laughs> that makes sense. I didn't connect those dots as a kid. It's only because I've watched this movie twice in the last two weeks that I'm connecting them yeah. now. Well, there's hey, there's a lot of dots to connect. There's yes. a lot of uh, a lot of foreshadow. I was gonna say like I feel like you know the foreshadowing of the tornado mm-hmm. that separated mm-hmm. Shark Boy and his dad really foreshadowed this other tornado. You know, half yes. an hour later in the movie. Yes, I, mean, they I was thinking. Really love their tornadoes in this movie. Whoever made Sharknado. Oh. Were they watching this movie? Did they watch Sharkboy? Is Sharknado just the story of Sharkboy and his father? Is is that the true sequel to Sharkboy and Lava Girl? Maybe it is. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> um, so Sharkboy and Lava Girl explain the plot of the movie. They have to get to the dream layer on the other side of the planet. Through the passage of time, they've got to catch the train of... Uh, train of thought go down the sea of consciousness and skate across the sea of confusion which shark boy is mad because he said that max froze it over lava girl defends max though seemingly worried that she kind of plants the seed here this is something that she'll come back to pretty much every single conversation she has with max about his dreams where she's worried that she's actually evil even though you know you decide for yourself how who you want to be your powers don't define you lava girl but she's she's really wrestling with that inner demon. But again, it's hard to she's get that She's got some vibe. real, like, trauma happening. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, this is just, you know, for the drama. I'm like, wow, I really, I really want to get Lava Girl some therapy. Like, yeah, I'm like, I want to know what happened to Lava Girl to, like, make girl's her Girl's going through some she, stuff. She's been going through some stuff. We don't get enough Lava Girl, again, no, not, not enough Lava Girl backstory. <laughs> We get all of this stuff about Shark Boy and his dad and yeah, who how he got his name, fine. his sushi. <laughs> like like Shark Boy's angry, but he's like good, you know. <laughs> he's doing okay. He knows who he is. He yeah. has a backstory. Lava Girl's just got so many questions. Thunder crashes and the gang starts running away from the darkness that's kind of enveloping the planet. Uh, as Shark Boy tells Max to just wait. 
that if he thinks this is scary, wait until he meets Mr. Electric. I will give you guys one opportunity to guess who possibly could be playing Mr. Electric based on the information the movie has given us thus far. As they approach Mount Neverrest, which is where this, like, theme park is, the Shark Boy and Lava Girl sort of explain that all of the kids are supposed to be having fun here, but Mr. Electric is using the rides to keep all of the kids awake forever. Uh, and Max is like, well, we have to stop him before we can go to the Dream Layer. So they start jumping and flying up to the top of the coaster, except for Max, who has to take a conveniently placed ladder. Lava Girl and Shark Boy use their various abilities to stop the roller coaster. Lava Girl hitting it with lava and Shark Boy holding it from the back to try and Which slow it down. Which definitely seems like a great way to stop it, you know? The la- lava's yeah. not gonna, like, melt through the metal and kill all no, the kids. No, it's gonna stop even, it. No, it's gonna stop it. She's gonna, she's gonna use it as, like, a bumper, a buffer, I guess. I don't know. Lava logics in this movie don't always track, but they manage to succeed at their mission. They stop the ride, and Lava Girl's like, does anyone know where Mr. Electric is? And all the kids with their hands up. She's like, whoa, everyone? And then it's revealed that they're hanging upside down on the roller coaster, and all the kids are just dangling with their arms down. I definitely laughed out loud at that. Oh, yes. I really shouldn't have, but I was like, that was funny. It's one of the funniest jokes in the movie. It's so well executed. I was almost mad there was a joke that good in Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Right? I was like, oh... Man, the writing in this movie might actually be good, and then uh, just truly some like pure humor, like just no one's being made fun of. It's just funny. It's just a good joke. Um, Mr. Electric's voice, which again is clearly George Lopez, asks who is stopping his coasters, and the gang hops on and rides to his lair, having freed the kids uh, from their coaster of doom. Uh, And at the top of the mountain, they, like, peek for a moment on this roller coaster, and Lava Girl points to a volcano in the distance, explaining that that's her home, and also it's at half power. None of us know anything about what that means. There's no explanation of why she lives there. It's a volcano, and it's not at full power, and Lava Girl's from it. That's all you need to know. Um, (laughs) They enter Mr. Electric's lair inside this cave, and inside we meet Mr. Electric. Oh, my God. (laughs) Who looks like... Um, a large Tamagotchi screen all on the front with George Lopez's face pushed and stretched to fit on it. Uh, and then he's got like electric arms attached to, to like feet and hands. And <laughs> he dramatically turns around to reveal the giant George Lopez face screen. <laughs> and no matter how many times I've seen this movie, I'm never prepared. I'm never ready for it. <laughs> it's truly... Words words cannot even describe that moment. It's I highly recommend just looking up a picture of Mr. Electric and Shark Boy and Lava Girl because nothing can if you think you know what he looks like, no you don't. Even if you've seen the movie before, I, it's worth another it's look. It's time to check back in. They, you know, ask, "Why are you bringing misery to our planet when you're supposed to be running it?" And he says that I don't know, man. My orders were to trap all the kids and keep them from dreaming, but he doesn't say who ordered him to do it. Uh, And I love in this scene as they're having this sort of back and forth about why are you doing all these evil things. Whenever we cut to our our hero trio, it's an extreme high angle shot. So we're looking down on them almost from well, well from above their head level. They're looking almost straight up at the camera, and it's just a fun angle change to try and give an idea of how large Mr. Electric is. Because, again, he's a giant circular screen with George Lopez's face on it, so scale can be a little bit difficult to gauge at times. (laughs) 
Sharkboy explains that his instincts tell him that dreams can stop Mr. Electric, which prompts Mr. Electric to go on the attack and be like, you and what army? And a bunch of evil plugs unplug from the wall behind him to go on the attack. The plugs are really, they're really, once again, they're really leaning into the electricity thing. We're all about the electricity, we're all about the sharks, and we're all about the lava here. Plugs, any much, way to portray like any the, of it. Yes, much like the OSHA violation we saw earlier on his uh, <laughs> nightstand are here to cause problems. Uh, shark Boy tries to fend them off with some of his shark karate, which is a thing that he does uh, before... <laughs> Apparently sharks are good at karate. That's yes. something I didn't know. Didn't learn that from any biology class. Are sharks class. good at karate or just Taylor Lautner? There's no way to know for sure. Um, <laughs> lava Girl heats up a bunch and shoots some lava right at Mr. Electric telling him to feel the burn, and it seems like she's won, but he was like, nah, I'm just playing with you. This was doing nothing to me. <laughs> Max has a little struggle of his own. He goes to unplug a plug, and he runs out of the way so that it can't reach him because it's attached to the wall. But the plug, then showing a spark of intelligence, plugs into an extension cord, which can then snake up and get him. So funny. That joke is so funny. <laughs> There's a lot of those in this movie. I'm like, who gave you the right? <laughs> Who said that this movie could be this funny? This movie is genuinely creative. Is it a little bit uh, predictable? Yes. But the way that it plays with the world that it's creating is, at many points, genuinely very fun. They Uh, really, they leaned all the way in. Yeah, that's, I think, part of the charm of this and, like, the Spy Kids movies is that it just went, it, it committed to the bit, you know? It's like, we have some nonsense going on. We can fundamentally make anything we want happen because we're fully going into CGI. Let's just have some fun with it and like play around with what we think would happen in this world. Um, so even though the story sometimes is a little bit predictable and maybe not like the most fun in the world, the way they go about telling it can be really entertaining. That's good stuff. As they're trying to take down Mr. Electric, Sharkboy, and Lava Girl, are like, we have a secret weapon, Max, show them what you're made of. And Max doesn't know what to do. Lava Girl tries to get him to remember, and Max explains that he doesn't remember all of his dreams, which is why he writes them down. So Mr. Electric manages to catch him and send them to the dream graveyard. Dun dun dun. Honestly, this is one of Max's most relatable moments. Yes. He's just like, everybody expects him to know what he's doing, and he mm-hmm. just doesn't know. And I'm like, wow, you, you got it right there. <laughs> feeling yeah. Yeah, feeling the relatable. On. And, you know, like, not being able to remember your dreams is a very common thing, so having the dream journal makes sense. It's, it's a, you know, it seems like that's the object we're going to have to get. That seems like the goal of the movie, uh, although that goalpost might move a few times, as we'll see. Uh, also, just as a note, when they are getting lowered into the dream graveyard, Mr. Electric says, like, bloop, as he's waving them goodbye, <laughs> which is one of many George Lopez one-liners of this movie. <laughs> What I really wanted after watching this was a supercut of just George Lopez's Mr. Electric one-liners because he makes so many puns <laughs> or it's just so many weird sounds and it's just like a part of the character. Yeah, I would I would definitely watch that. On the as they're now traveling down the passage of time, the trio looks towards the dream lair, which is a bed at the top of a very large goop tower where all of the Once dreams again, are really, being destroyed. Once again, really really leaning into the dream narrative. Yes, the dream part is key. Sharkboy asks where the dream journal is, and Lava Girl's like, oh, it's a great idea. If we find the dream journal, we can control the dreams. But Max explains that he threw the journal away, which is kind of true because he did throw it at Linus's head, but I feel like undersells what happened to Max a little bit because it was thoroughly destroyed before he threw it away. <laughs> this makes Sharkboy mad because Max didn't make Sharkboy king of the ocean, which is a, th- a new trait for Sharkboy they're introducing is that he wants to be king of the ocean. <laughs> 
that's his goal and that's he's really name. he's really salty about it it's not a just a casual to be king of the ocean this is what we know to be true uh, they get dropped off this conveyor belt, and Max lands on Shark Boy, uh, breaking his fin, which is clearly just a piece of foam attached to the back of Taylor Lautner's costume. Meanwhile, back with Mr. Electric, he gets a call from a voice that is definitely Linus, uh, and his like face appears all fuzzy like uh, Zordon and Power Rangers, and chews out Mr. Electric. You know, Max is the daydreamer, you idiot, and when he realizes the, how much power he has, my new kingdom's going to collapse, and so uh, he sends Mr. Electric after our heroes, who summons the plug hounds which are a set of plugs that have like dog shapes roughly really really iconic not villain but like henchman kind of thing like wow mr electric has a very distinct aesthetic and i appreciate how committed to it that they remain throughout this movie like you're always like that's mr electric scoons i don't know what's going on in the scene but i know that that's mr electric scoons right there because they they got sparks they got sparks they're not the they're not the big bads these are these are mr electrics those are his children if you will they end up in the dream graveyard where we see several things sitting in a dusty background including an old game boy Lava Girl tries to get Max to go to sleep to dream them out of the situation, which is pretty much how every single situation is going to um, unravel for the rest of the movie. And as he's kind of sleepy, Max sees a giant chocolate chunk marshmallow cookie with more milk and kind of apologizes because he's hungry. Lava Girl tries to give him some lava rocks to eat, which uh, cause his mouth to burn up. And then Shark Boy offers him some old fish and Lava Girl's like, I'll cook it. But then she burns it to ash. So clearly we need a third party to help resolve the situation. Uh, But as the darkness approaches, Max tries to sleep again. Shark Boy keeps threatening to knock Max out so that he'll sleep, fundamentally misunderstanding the meaning of the word sleep. And as he's sort of like desperately backing away from Shark Boy, who's about to throw a little haymaker at him, uh, Max recognizes a hand in the sand. It's Tobor, that robot we were talking about earlier in the movie. Remember him? Nothing in this movie is un- goes unseated earlier. On. There's no, there's no throwaway things. It's all, it all comes back together. This writing is. This is a tight hour thirty. Every single line of dialogue, we're circling back around to there's it. There's a there, purpose. There, if you control F words, you will find it earlier in the script. Tobor, he explains, was a robot that he was trying to build with his dad that could help him with his homework, and so he just kind of knows everything. Max asks him to wake up, and as he does, he's like, how do I save planet Drool? And Tobor explains that it's in your dreams, which causes Sharkboy to once again threaten to knock Max out, this time with the help of a metal pipe that he's found. Sharkboy's just, like, so unnecessarily (laughs) violent. Another thing I didn't pick up on as a child, I'm like, oh, yeah, he wants to do karate, he wants to fight, like, that's normal. And now I'm like, he, you know, he probably needs some therapy, too, actually. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Everybody, everybody's got some some issues they need to work through in this movie. Yes, Sharkboy's just involved less hitting than he would like. Oh, but I was gonna say, maybe, maybe Sharkboy fundamentally misunderstands sleep, because... True. Sharks don't sleep. They or they no. They 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 swim well. They sleep. Isn't that oh. it? They like never stop moving. So maybe maybe he just maybe this is another callback to the shark thing that he just doesn't understand. Interesting. There's a lot of things about like how dreams work in this movie that I was a little lost on because like they're like you have to go to sleep so you can dream, Max. You got to dream us out of this one. But they have a lot of moments where someone just closes their eyes and, like, thinks really hard. And later on, as we'll learn from the daydreamer, you can just daydream. Like, you don't have to be asleep to dream things. 
But it seems like the logic of the movie is just if you close your eyes and think really hard, that is a dream. That's dreaming, uh, yeah. But I guess Shark Boy has an excuse for that, because as you mentioned, <laughs> he would keep moving when he was asleep. Tobor explains that in order to have a good dream, Max needs to go to the land of milk and cookies, which Lava Girl's like, of course, why didn't I think of that? The land of milk and cookies. And Tobor uh, would take them, but he has he no ability to move except for his eyes and mouth. Uh, so the gang flies away, Shark Boy and Lava Girl each standing on an eye, and Max in the mouth as they catch up with the train of thought, which is a literal train flying through the air. <laughs> they jump off onto the train. <laughs> And Max is like, what are you doing? Like, where are you going to go now, Tobor? And Tobor's like, I'm free, and floats away to the sky. Uh, so like, good. I guess, sure. Yeah, there's like, no okay. reason for this to happen, but there's also no reason for it to not happen. Mm-hmm. So, sure. See, you have to leave the movie for a while, so I guess we'll, we'll catch you later. In the train, Sharkboy and Lava Girl struggle to keep it on the track, because there is no track. It's flying through the sky. Uh, as much as it can be difficult to keep your train of thought on track. Ha ha. Very funny movie. Lava Girl's like, what do we do? And Shark Boy's like, I don't know. We could yell and scream very calmly. And then they immediately cut to a shot of all of them screaming. Genuinely funny joke. <laughs> Good job, movie. Good stuff. <laughs> all right. They jump out of the train as it crashes into a pile of frosting and they land on a cookie floating down a milk river. Very convenient. Yes, very convenient. It has sort of like this like countdown timer in the background of like how long until the planet's taken over by darkness that Shark Boy takes the opportunity to chime off has 20 minutes remaining. And then he promptly steps in a chocolate chip. He doesn't like it, but Max does, because uh, he crawls on the cookie and eats it with his hands while on all fours. It's... <laughs> I was like, someone feed this child, please. Uh, they've reached the land of milk and cookies. Max uses a marshmallow as a pillow and tries to sleep, but the ground is thumping too much and he can't quite fall asleep. Lava Girl's like, thumping? Wait a minute. Max, who exactly did you think would eat all these cookies? And in the distance, we see two uh, cookie giants appear, suspiciously looking exactly like Max's mom and dad, uh, except now dressed in fun cookie-themed outfits. Uh, and they walk towards their raft, pick it up, and go to eat it. The gang manages to jump off at the last moment, safely landing on a nearby slice of cake. Max sort of like sadly watches the giants be happy together. And Lava Girl sort of gives him a little bit of a moral here where it's like, you have to work to make some dreams come true. So, you know, if you want a happy family, you just got to work out a little bit and it could still happen. It just might not be easy. And it's like, okay, movie, we're at maybe like the 30 minute mark. We, we can't even get into morals just yet. <laughs> it's a little much, yeah. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, Mr. Electric is tracking them by tracking anyone who's, who dreams, uh, and he gets annoyed by the sunlight as he's sort of, like, walking his plug dogs. Uh, there's a moment where he farts on a spark dog, and I think it dies. While this is happening, he gets a call from, uh, what is definitely not Linus, and, uh, picks up on a dream nearby, and he's on the hunt. (laughs) Max lays down to dream, and Lava Girl's, like, tries to sing a little lullaby, but she's off key, so Shark Boy starts up, and this... Oh, baby. <laughs> We're at the dream song. Shark Boy, Taylor Lautner, he knows what he's doing. We get a little shut your eyes, close your mouth, dream a dream to get us out. Dream, 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 dream. Absolute I want. I want all the <laughs> listeners to know that on more than one occasion when Sophia and I had radio, we played that song. Oh, and it yes. wasn't easy to play that song no. because it was not on Spotify. <laughs> so we took the time to find it on YouTube and hit play and play it over the radio waves. Yes. And that's how committed we are to the Dream Dream song. It is a banger. 
there's it's a, a banger, and it, it should be on Spotify. Where he says, go to sleep, you little bleep, bleeping himself out, because this is a PG movie. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, and as it's sort of working and Max falls asleep, uh, there's a, 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 a shark cycle that appears, and Lava goes like, it's working, keep going. So the music, like, record scratch, breaks it down, Taylor Lautner flips across the screen and continues the dream song. And when I tell you, audience, that I was bopping along in my, <laughs> my sofa watching this, it's um, so I good. do believe that Taylor Lautner did his own stunts for this movie. I would I guess. I feel like I've heard that somewhere. The only one that has been difficult so far is the literal, like, cartwheel kickflip when he starts this song's, like, breakdown. So I wouldn't yeah, be surprised. I think he, <laughs> he, I fully think he did. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. But as, as he's performing, the darkness gathers and gets closer, uh, and Max starts to potentially have a nightmare, so Lava Girl wakes him up with some lava to the butt. Max is like, I dreamed about one thing, but before he can say what it is, the electric hounds pop up. Uh, Mr. Electric throws out some electricity-related one-liners. There were so many of them in this movie that if you think of one, it probably was in the movie. Just fill it in for yourself, audience. Um, And they get on the bike, but Max didn't dream of gas, so they're left to fight the plug hounds one-to-one. Lava Girl's powers are weakening, as we found out earlier. Uh, Shark Boy does more karate chops towards some plug hounds before getting cornered himself. And Max draws frosting on his face like war paint and then tries to fight back, but immediately gets fried. Um, And it's looking grim for our heroes, but Max tries to dream them out (laughs) and dreams of a banana split boat which is not the shark boat with turbo boosters that Shark Boy requested, but is a boat nonetheless. They launch onto the Milky River uh, and es- make their escape as Mr. Electric uh, sobs, is what I wrote down. So I assume George <laughs> Lopez was really giving it his all. I think he, I think he was really upset about that. Yeah, you know, really threw him. <laughs> I, the more we talk about it, the more I relate to Max, because, you know, he was just hungry. Yeah. You just wanted a, you wanted a banana little split, treat. you know? A little sweet treat. A little snack. Yeah, a little bedtime snack. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You know, all this dreaming is exhausting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes Makes a kid hungry. Yeah. Max has started to learn to daydream with his, dreaming with his eyes open, with this, with boat instance, so we get a little idea of his, his powers increasing. And now on the stream of consciousness, the gang is floating along on their sugary raft. Lava Girl asks him what he saw in his dream, and he asks for something that he can draw with, so she gives him her finger, and he draws with her, like, lava into the frosting, uh, and he draws a heart, which is a very easy thing to describe, because it's just the shape, the heart shape, uh, but immediately Sharkboy's like, oh, the crystal heart, which can freeze anything, even time. Obviously. Yeah, he explains that the ice princess has it, and that she is the quote-unquote prettiest girl on the planet, which gets him some lava to the butt. Uh, because Lava Girl and the Ice Princess are natural enemies as fire and ice. Uh, they arrive at the ice castle, trying because now they're going to try and get this heart in order to stop time and save Drool, uh, and they must cross an incredibly perilous bridge made of ice. And as Shark Boy and Max are walking along fairly easily, Lava Girl has to try and sleepwalk because she is melting the ice. And once again, sleepwalking is just closing your eyes yes. and walking. Because she does eventually actually fall asleep while doing this. At first, she's just sort of trying, and then she fully passes out. Her, like, head lulls to the side, and she's snoring. There's a moment where it looks like she's gonna sneeze, so Shark Boy runs up and puts his finger under her nose, and then she actually sneezes and blows him away for his troubles. But everyone's fine. As they're about, like, halfway across, it looks like they're gonna make it, but the plug hounds appear in the distance. Max... And I kind of like this moment because it shows Sharkboy and Lava Girl's relationship a little bit. Max tries to wake her up, but Sharkboy stops him. 
only for a few moments later, him to get too worried, and Sharkboy then yells at her to wake her up. And as she wakes up, she flares up in a giant amount of fire, and now the trio is running not only from the Plughounds, but from Lava Girl, who is collapsing the bridge behind her as she runs. But as they make it safely to the other side, they realize, it's a trap! Mr. Electric appears directly in front of them, and as they get captured, Max is like, these are all someone else's dreams, everything's so wrong! But we don't have time to dwell on that, because we're gonna get the answer to that quandary very soon. Now, at the dream layer, our, our trio is captured by Linus, who introduces himself as the ruler of Planet Drool and also going by the name Minus. He reveals that he has the dream journal and he's got our heroes like tied up in very specific ways in that Shark Boy is surrounded is suspended over a pool of electric eels, similar to what uh, Linus was describing in class earlier that day. Uh, and Linus is like, you know, these eels are just like the electric storm that destroyed your father's lab. And also your father's at the bottom of the ocean. Good luck wrestling with that um, terrible situation. And then he goes on to say that when he freezes the planet, all of Lava Girl's powers will disappear. Uh, and finally ends his sort of breakdown of all of our hero's greatest fears by telling Max that he can never escape the fear inside of his own mind and that he will show him the true meaning of fear. Uh, then he actually says the line, blah, 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 threat, 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 and drops her <laughs> into a cage. Iconic Wonderful. writing. Perfect writing. Truly like a real moment of tension that we've yes. approached here. Yes. And the delivery of blah, 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 threat, threat, threat is great. It's just the best bratty kid acting from, from Linus here. Truly. Truly a gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the cage, uh, we notice that Lava Girl and Shark Boy's power is fading. They lament, but as they sort of bemoan their inability to break out, la-las, which are these little bubbles that sing a song where they just say the words la-la over again, float around, and their song is at a frequency that Sharkboy's advanced hearing just can't stand, which makes him freak out. <laughs> and, and this, this part was so, so much funnier funny. as an adult than as a child. Like, this is yes. so... And he gets so irrationally angry so about mad. it. So mad. Max and Lava Girl, like, step back as Sharkboy goes into a shark frenzy and just absolutely goes to town on the side of the cage. He, like, tears it to shreds. Uh, and as he, like, the lalas fade away and his frenzy fades, he turns around with a piece of pipe in his mouth to face the other two and just sort of, like, spits it out. But they have a way out now. They climb back up into the dream lair. Max takes his journal from Minus, who is sleeping with his eyes open, and they return to the ground, where Max flips through the journal to find his dreams, including, uh, like, sketches for a lava bike that he did... He finds that out that Sharkboy's dad really is at the bottom of the ocean, but actually it's because he's in a submarine looking for Sharkboy, so it's totally fine. Uh, and Lava Girl, very eager to learn the truth about herself to see if she's really evil, takes the book from him, but uh, in her haste, the book burns up in her hands and is destroyed. So there's no more dream journal. Max tries to comfort her, but she, like, flips out. She's super distraught. Like, Max, why would you make me out of lava? Like, why would you give me a power that's, d that's designed only to cause harm? I want to be good so bad, but I destroy everything I touch. And it's a really complex, like, emotional <laughs> network. There's a lot going on here that's, like, again, like, as a child, is just like, oh, yeah, whatever. I'm like, wow. They really yeah. went hard with this. They really brought the drama and the tension and the yes. inter-character conflict yeah, there's there's so there's much happening, happening here. Again, makes me want for some Lava Girl backstory, but she's from a volcano. A That's all we maybe. need to know. Yes. Well, they yeah. did another Shark Boy and Lava Girl movie that I admit I haven't seen because it came out like two years ago or something. 
I don't know if it came out or if it's in production. Oh, yeah, I feel like I have heard of that. I remember hearing um, that they were bringing back some of the original cast for it and, like, see, it's sort of like a next-gen thing, but I don't necessarily think that that means we're going to get any shark, uh, shark girl, lava girl lore. <laughs> oh, it looks like it came out 2020, maybe? Yeah, that sounds right. Wow. All right, dear listeners, I might have to do some, <laughs> do some research. Yeah, doing a little research after the pod. Lava Girl sort of, like, lamenting that uh, everything Max has dreamed has been correct and thinking that that must mean that she's evil causes Max to realize that everything he dreams being correct also must include the Crystal Heart, which means they have to get Max to the Ice Castle in ten minutes. Sharkboy doesn't think they can do it, but Max says that you're Sharkboy and Lava Girl, you could do anything. And we get a little hero shot of them, a little two-shot. Meanwhile, Mr. Electric wakes up Minus and tells him that they're going after the Crystal Heart, so Minus tells him to go shut it all down. But Mr. Electric explains that because the planet is on a grid system, it'll take some time to turn off all the power. I guess props to <laughs> for electricity-related knowledge. But not gonna lie, like I work, I work in electricity now, and it got me a little excited. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> wow!" Let's talk about the grid. Let's we can talk, talk about, about the, the evils of of the utility <laughs> companies. The, is the moral? I have a question for you. Then is the moral of this movie actually related to? the mismanagement of electric utilities uh, in our modern grid system. Like, what is your take on this? You know, it might be. It, maybe <laughs> Mr. Electric is just, like, an allegory for, like, the monopolization of electrical utilities. <laughs> Amazing. And their in- inability to, like, uh, move towards renewables and... Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Our, our inability to create a resilient electric system. Yes, yeah, the that, gooiness that of the CGI is meant to represent like fossil fuels and our reliance on these uh, non-renewable resources. I, it's all, you know what? Yeah. It's all, Rachel. It's all coming together. I think we've cracked it. I it's think we cracked there. the code of Shark Boy Lava Girl. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack, and I think we're <laughs> we're getting there. Yes. Uh, so Minus explains that in order to destroy Max, they have to smash his most precious dream. Sharkboy and Lava Girl, um, and as they sort of come to this nefarious conclusion, our trio has arrived at the Crystal Heart, which is sitting on top of a pillar of ice. Um, Sharkboy starts to climb up to the catch it, uh, and Max tells him to be careful because if he touches it with anything but his claws, he'll freeze. Uh, but Sharkboy falls and slides down on his fin through the ice, uh, getting stuck midway up the pillar. He gives Max one of his gloves to go up, since if Lava Girl touches uh, the heart, it'll melt. Um, and <laughs> before Max starts climbing up, he gives Lava Girl some ice to chew on to keep her cool. Uh, at the top, Max grabs Classic. the heart, but the pillar starts to crack from where Shark Boy fell, and he drops it. Lava Girl goes to catches it, but as soon as it touches her hand, it freezes her solid, and ice golems rise from all around them uh, and capture them and take them to the Ice Princess. It's Marissa from class, the one who was all nice, dressed up in an ice costume. Because everyone in this movie we saw in the first 20 minutes of this movie. She asks why they want the heart and explains that only she can use it. Uh, and an ice golem that I kept trying to figure out if they were also voiced by George Lopez because they're the parent of the That's ice princess. That's what it was. I, was like, yes. I knew there was another another character. That was like, gee, that sounds like George Lopez. It sounds like George Lopez doing a voice. <laughs> Wait a second. Is it the ice golem that's supposed to be the ice princess's father? Yes. Because George Lopez <laughs> George is Marissa's father. As we know, Electra Dad just... is her dad. It's all coming together. <laughs> all, the th- all the threads are weaving into an intricate tapestry of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. The ice golem's like, you can't, 
you can't give them the crystal heart you, and you can't leave. And she's like, chill, dude, you're smothering me. Um, she asks Max if he is worthy to wield the heart. And he's like, yeah, I am. And then proceeds to explain that they stole the decoy heart and that the real one is somewhere in this room and a bunch of other hearts uh, appear all around the room. And she says, if you can find the right one, I'll let you take it with you. Uh, and Sharkboy starts, like, looking for which one of them is correct, but Max is like, I know what it is. It's the one around your neck. It's on your necklace. And he explains that he saw that in his dream. Eight-year-old me was like, whoa, whoa. mind blown. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, there's a great... So as he says this, they keep the camera on Sharkboy as Max walks out of frame to get the heart. And almost directly to the camera, Taylor Lautner says, usually, if you snooze, you lose. With Max... You snooze, you win. Uh, and he goes through a whole face journey as he delivers this line. And it might be my favorite line delivery of the movie. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of great lines in this movie. <laughs> and that is truly an iconic one. The delivery of that one really sells it. Because otherwise it's just the plot of the movie. <laughs> yeah, Taylor Lautner really, really deserved, uh, you know, he, he went for an it. Oscar for that, that <laughs> line. Where is his... They should make a category of the Oscars called Best Child Actor, and they should retroactively give it to Taylor Lautner for this movie. Yeah, uh, I'm in support. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Max goes and takes the heart as the Ice Princess warns him that the heart will destroy her kingdom if it gets damaged, and then they basically get married, because the way that they give it over is saying, like, do you, Max, take this heart to, like, protect and hold, and you have to say, I do, and it's wild. Uh, they're and meanwhile, white. she's wearing all white with this, yeah. like, elaborate headdress. They're, like, ten. Very it's weird. crazy. This is Max's dream. He lived, you know, little baby crush, whatever. Um, They push a still frozen lava girl across the frozen sea towards the dream lair. They're out of time. They only have 10 seconds left. Uh, Lava girl frozen in ice tries to say something to them, but they can't make her out. Um, And they run out of time just as Max fails to use the heart. It doesn't work. Lava Girl then uh, very timely busts out of the ice and says that it can't work because only the ice princess can use it. Duh, she already told us this. Then why did she tell us to take the heart with her in the first place? There's, Why would she tell you to take it? She knew it wouldn't work. It's I feel fine. like the plot really kind of devolved in, in that like five minute interval. I'm like, wait, what's happening? Up till now, the plot has been fairly on the rails. It's like, we have a very clear goal. We're going to go point A to point B, get thing, do thing. This is where it starts to get a little bit more wibbly. Like, you still rough... It's still Shark Boy and Lava Girl. There's still a pretty clear idea of what we have to do with the saved rule, but there's a few different things that are going to start happening at once. It gets a little bit more confused. As they sort of lament their situation, an electric crack opens in the ice and uh, full of eels. I wonder who that could be. <laughs> who knows? Also, so much, so much is put on electric eels in this movie. I feel like they're getting a bad rap. <laughs> Um, but Mr. Electric taunts Shark Boy, who it falls for the taunt and jumps into the water to try and go on the attack. But Mr. Electric just delivers a one-liner called what, "What's up?" that he has to explain because a watt is a unit of measurement uh, for electricity. And as Shark Boy tries to swim away from the eels, they catch him and they shock him, and he starts to sink to the bottom. Max is about to go in after him, but the water's too sparky, and Lava Girl's like, "We can't leave him down there. He'll drown if I don't go get him." Uh, and so she jumps into the water to try and grab him, even though jumping in will mean that she dies too because she's made of fire or something. Again, the logistics of Lava really Girl like crazy. It gets like, dark. It gets dark, <laughs> and but like also like heartwarming. It's very, it's a very complex emotional journey yeah. for like a children's movie. <laughs> 
it's a sh- it's a sharp turn from where we've been. The wedding scene on is a tonally very different from the rest of the movie. You know, before we had all this like ice cream and cookies. Like, yes. And yes. Now it's just like death. <laughs> Uh, Lava Girl manages to bring Shark Boy to the surface before laying down next to him and having her light, like, her her costume has these cracks of, like, light all through it, and it, it starts to fade as her life fades away. <laughs> and now both Shark Boy and Lava Girl lie dead next to Max, his dreams fully killed, uh, as he begins to uh, weep for them. Uh, but hey, remember Tobor, that robot from earlier? He pops up. <laughs> He's like, hey, Max, what do you he think Because he just do? went off and flew off for a little bit. Now he's yeah. back. Yeah, he's back. He, his freedom was to freely fr- float around to a later point in the movie. Max says that he wants to dream a better dream. Up till now, he's only dreamt for himself when he should have been dreaming for the whole world, for everyone else. Uh, and Tobor tells him to dream an unselfish dream. And as he says that, Shark Boy wakes up. He sees the dying lava girl and then also looks to the conveniently placed volcano in the distance and decides that he must run lava girl to the volcano, even though he may burn up on the run over. So they're both sacrificing for each other. Clearly, they have a deep, complex relationship that has not been fully explored up to this point. And will not actually ever be fully explored. No. (laughs) He fully, like, Twilight runs away, too. I know this came out before Twilight, but the running that they do in this movie is the exact same super speed effect that they use in all the Twilight movies. (laughs) So he's, he's running up this volcano. Max stays back, and he sort of monologues over this dramatic run, saying that he knows what Lava Girl is. She's not fire. She's not destruction. Shark Boy hooks her into the volcano, and she manages to emerge seconds later in her dramatic re-entrance, uh, telling Shark Boy to step back as Max declares that Lava Girl is light, and she unleashes her maximum lava powers, I guess. The planet gets bright all over. Mr. Electric asks who turned on the lights, thwarting the darkness that was overtaking them. Uh, and as this happens, Max, too, realizes that he has power here. He tell- he super speeds over to the volcano, where Sharkboy's like, Whoa, man, how'd you get here so fast? He tells Sharkboy to fend off the electric threat while he goes to deal with Minus, unfreezes the ocean, and then Twilight Speed runs away. <laughs> and <laughs> the shot, the immediate next shot, is Max motion blurring appearing behind Minus at the Dream Lair. <laughs> and saying all of a sudden max goes from being this like quiet like unsure of himself little kid to just yes. like destroying people absolutely brutal appears deadpan i've become what you feared most <laughs> like what again with the whole like people trying to write lines for children that children would never yes. say yes it's such a weird mix of perfect child acting and dialogue that no child has ever said in their life. And I think that's why it's sometimes very jarring and sometimes works perfectly. It's a weird balance of the striking. Minus is like, I've seen all your dreams and the sh- you can't do anything that'll surprise me. And their final showdown begins. May the best dream win. Uh, they sh- they just kind of spurt out various dream objects at each other. Like, you know, Minus will summon piranhas. Max summons some bubbles. Uh, etc, etc. There's a brainstorm versus a brain freeze. It continues on in such fashion. Uh, Max says brain fart and Minus's head grows giant in what I can only describe as like children humor. Photoshop stretch tool. Yep. Yep, exactly. Um, Meanwhile, Mr. Electric is facing off with Shark Boy. 
uh, who throws a power outage one-liner at him and then summons a bunch of sharks who jump up onto the ice, onto their back fins, walking like humans, since now he is a guest king of the ocean, and they track trap Mr. Electric in a shark frenzy. Minus tries to freak Max out by saying, you're afraid of me, but Max admits, like, I used to be, uh, and they start to have, like, a conversation as they rise far above the planet on these pillars of Earth uh, that they're growing with their dream powers, I guess. And Max builds a bridge between them, saying that we could work together, you know, uh, he calls him Linus instead of Minus, and uh, tries to call out to him as the bridge they're on collapses. But as they're falling, Max catches Linus and sets him down in the dream suite, telling him that if you smash other people's dreams, you smash your own, and you can't can't do that don't be don't be mean dude there's just so many like so lessons many. learned and morals in this movie i was like not prepared since the opening quote of the movie and all of them are dream related there's so much emphasis on dreams in this movie and yet i don't totally understand what the moral was supposed to be other than like don't be a dick you know yeah yeah pretty <laughs> much so i'm gonna cover it yeah lava girl immediately shows up behind them she's like i'm light isn't it great and it's like dude we're having a little moment here um, Shark Boy then also appears and says, I'm king of the ocean because we were so worried about that B plot resolving itself correctly. Lava Girl thanks Shark Boy for saving her and gives her a little gives him a little kiss on the cheek, which singes him, but he says ouch while smiling, so it's all good, they're cute. Linus is like, I'll put everything back to how it was, and then we can go to and from Earth as we wish. Uh, Lava Girl can go rule Lava World, wherever that is, and Mr. And you know, Shark Boy can go look for his dad. It's all good stuff. Uh, you think this is going to be the end of the movie, but no, 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 there's still 20 minutes left. Mr. Electric shows up, and Linus is like, hey, you can go back to being the electrician of this world now, but Mr. Electric doesn't want to do that. Max threatens to undream him, and Mr. Electric's like, no, 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 for everyone who dreams up the light bulb, someone dreams up the atom bomb, and then, like, first of all, why are we referencing the atom bomb in Sharkboy and Lava Girl? Uh, <laughs> I guess this is tying into the theme we've constructed for the movie. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's true. It's all He really together. wants to go take over some other electrical stuff. Yeah, I guess. Um, Mr. Electric goes on the attack. He flies off to Earth to try and destroy Max in his sleep, which makes Max realize that he's been dreaming this whole time. Lava Girl and Shark Boy are like, in order to make the dream real, blink your eyes three times. And he's concerned. He's like, well, if I wake up, will I ever see you again? Uh, but he blinks and he wakes up back in the real world amid the tornado from the beginning of the movie. Electra Dad lifts up his desk easily, like, fr like just like Lava Girl did earlier in the movie. And he see George Lopez gives a look that says, I'm concerned that I'm able to do this, but we don't really get to dwell on it much because we never no. we never address the super strength that just regular george lopez seems to have in this movie apparently george electric electric dad is just jacked maybe yeah i guess maybe that's just what <laughs> what we're supposed to take from that sure max explains that the tornado outside is not just a tornado it's much worse and inside the storm uh they see mr electric emerge which makes uh george lopez and also the rest of the class realize that max's dreams were real uh, and also he's like, I can't believe you dreamt me as a big round evil guy, which, you know what, that's fair. I would also be a little insulted if a student I mostly tried to encourage had dreamt me as a villainous electric circle. Once again, like, lines that are so much funnier to, like, so an older funnier. version of me. I'm so like, wow, that was funnier. gold. Yeah. George Lopez is genuinely very funny in this movie. <laughs> he's actually doing a great job. He does, he does a great performance. So good. 
Um, Max's parents run straight out of their house and across the street to try and find their son uh, struggling through the storm. And uh, it looks like his mom is about to get pulled into a, into the, one of the tornadoes as his dad is holding onto her arm. And they share a moment where they realize that they do love each other after all. And then she gets pulled into a storm. Uh, Max's dad, the best character in the movie, closes his eyes and dreams his wife is back and okay. And Lava Girl appears out of the tornado, holding her hand, pulling her out of the storm. Uh, and I like how in this moment, like, Lava Girl, like, touching something does yes, not burn it. Like, Max's yes, mom is exactly. fine. Exactly. Exactly. There's no explanation for why she's fine. She's just because fine. seconds later in the same scene, she will burn something, like, by touching it. Like, I think it's Shark Boy's hand or something. Uh, because Max's dad then gets pulled into a tornado immediately after seeing his wife is okay, but Shark Boy jumps out and pulls him back in. Everyone is fine. <laughs> Mr. Electro Dad tries to ask his fourth grade students for answers about how to defeat the giant electric guy. Instead of running, they're all standing around the classroom watching. Uh, Linus is like, I know what to do, and then runs out to fist fight Mr. Electric, but just gets zapped, which fries the dream journal in the real world as well, and then he runs back into the classroom. Max is cool with the journal getting destroyed this time. He, he thinks it's fine. Uh, George Lopez Max, is Max like, can handle it now. Yeah, he, he knows he doesn't need the journal, because the dream was inside of him all along. Whatever. George Lopez says there's no dumb ideas, uh, which prompts Linus to throw out his second suggestion, what if we froze the circuits? Uh, and George Lopez points out that they're in the middle of Texas in August, which is, again, a hilarious line delivery that had no right being as funny as it was. Max is like, wait, that's actually a brilliant idea, and runs over to Marissa, giving her the crystal heart that he still has in his pocket from earlier in the movie. She recognizes it from her dream and knows what to do. George Lopez is like, I don't want you to go out there. You're my child. You're going to put yourself in risk. But she's like, Dad, I got this, and just walks straight out towards the storm. Iconic. Mr. Electric goes on the attack, about to throw out another one-liner that he has to explain about something about the measurement of electricity. But she freezes him using the power of the crystal heart, because, again, she's the ice princess. She's the only one who can use it. And he shatters into bits, causing it to... <laughs> causing it to start snowing in Texas in August. Uh, uh, throwback to that line we heard two minutes ago. Yeah, sometimes it's not a callback to the very beginning of the movie. Sometimes it's very quick. George Lopez then throws out the final Mr. Electric one-liner of the movie, which is to say, he says, um, he's unplugged at, uh, Mr. Electric, and then, you know, we all go, the class goes to frolic out in the snow, as George Lopez tells Max that, um, Max made him a great teacher today and thanks him. Uh, Marissa makes herself a little ice crown with the snowflakes. And Max sees Shark Boy, Lava Girl, and his parents come walking over and runs out to them. They're now one big happy family as they hug big it out. Big happy family. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. And now we get our little epilogue for the movie. Once again, Max is giving a report in front of his class, this time about the aftermath of the incident. Uh, we see as he's giving this report that Linus is doodling his own hero, Mr. Positive. Marissa got to move to the back of the classroom to a warmer seat. All's well. He explains that uh, Shark Boy is now king of the ocean, and he spends his days searching for his father's submarine, while Lava Thank Girl God. is... Oh, seriously. They got a... I'm glad they got on that, because that was a problem. Lava Girl, meanwhile, is the queen of Earth's volcanoes, because I guess she wanted to be that, and she, like, brings light to the world or whatever. It's... I don't know, she has lava stuff. <laughs> I don't, neither I nor the movie fully understood what exactly lava stuff was. We just knew that we wanted Lava Girl in the movie. Well, now I'm thinking about the fact that, like, so Shark Boy's dad is on the bottom of Earth's ocean. Yes. 
And Lava Girl is controlling Earth's volcanoes. So we're just, we're going to forget about Planet Jewel now. Yeah, it's still there and fine, I guess. But whatever. Max explains that they don't visit him anymore, but he visits them in his dreams. Um, Max and his dad and his mom all get together and they fix up Tobor in the real world. All is well. The end. Roll credits. Some some real unrealistic expectations for, you know, America's children about, <laughs> you know, fixing their parents' divorce. Yes. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> I was like, I was watching it and I was like, ooh, is this something we really want to be spreading? Like... Don't worry, kids. It's like parent trap kind enough, of thing. Yeah, it's the same problem with the parent trap where it's like, no, you cannot like fix your parents' marital problems through wacky hijinks. It's not your job to fix your parents' marital yeah, problems. Sometimes like people need to work through their stuff. Like it it's, can be difficult to understand as a child, but this is not the way to understand it. Oh man. <laughs> Shark Boy and Lava Girl problematic actually. <laughs> um I also completely forgot there's like a, a banger end credit song to this movie. <laughs> Yes! That came on and I was like, whoa! I know. Here we go. I've been trying to Google to find the best version of it, like out on YouTube or something. And I'm so disappointed that we forgot it existed while we were running Transmission Impossible because we absolutely should have gone back and played it on the air. So I just had a whole Shark Boy Lava Girl themed show. Oh my god, yes. Oh my god, yes. Just nothing but electricity puns. But yeah, this was this was a I I find this a delightfully fun watch. I have a lot of nostalgia for this movie. But Rachel, I'm interested to hear your sort of closing thoughts here. You know, what do you think about Shark Boy and Lava Girl? Would you recommend our listeners go back and watch it? Maybe what situation should they watch it in if they should? What what's some of your Let's wrap this up. I feel like this is one of those movies you could watch in any situation. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be under the influence of anything to find it entertaining. I'm sure if you were, it would still be entertaining. <laughs> you know, you can watch with friends. You could watch with your your family and be like, "Wow, you know, yeah, this was my experience as a small child, and now I'm having a new experience." Um, it's definitely it's fun. It's a good like low effort, easy fun watch. That's just. You know, and you're going to learn stuff. You're going to be inspired. (laughs) All of these motivational quotes and lessons about dreams. Struggling with sleep issues or just like feeling uninspired, maybe give Shark Boy and Lava Girl a watch. There's truly, there's truly something in it for everyone. (laughs) Indeed. I forgot how much I liked this movie and then went and rewatched it. And I don't know how much of it personally for me is like the nostalgia of I, this was my favorite movie for so long. And now as an adult, there are still things in it that make me very genuinely happy watching it. But I think that this does hold up a lot better than some of those like early movies do in terms of like jokes that are still funny, things that still land. The performances aren't so cringy across the board that it's hard to watch. It's, it's a pretty like all ages acceptable movie. Um, it really holds up, yeah. yeah. Honestly, it was as much fun as I remember it being. It's just a good, quick, easy, breezy ride. I think it'd be a fun group movie because you don't have to pay super close attention to it to like understand what's happening, and you're not going to really miss yeah. dialogue. Because it's kind of hard to line. understand what's happening, like even when you're paying attention. But like again, and there's so many like they want you to know that Shark Boy is a shark, and they yes. want you to know that like Lava Girl burns things, like. Yes. They make it very clear. If you miss the first time, no you'll catch it again. Not a one. Um, if anyone could get their hands on the 3D glasses and watch it in its original 2005 3D form, that's probably the peak <sighs> experience. <laughs> that seems like it would be the peak experience. Yeah, no, I take it back. You know, there there's lots of good experiences, but nothing will, you know, hold a candle to, to that. 
Yeah, but I would say And I think you would need... You need the original, the original, uh, the glasses. Oh, no, yeah. you can't can't take the glasses from that other movie that you Absolutely saw. Not. The Spy Kids glasses will not work. <laughs> Only the Shark Boy Lava Girl ones. You need that those those shark teeth on the top of the glasses. You need like the pink flames on the side. Key. Yep. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised by how much I genuinely still enjoyed this movie. I was really worried that I was going to watch it and the nostalgia goggles wouldn't be enough, but it, it's still a very good time. Um, it's and so overall fun. Had a, had a fun time watching it and I forgot how good George Lopez was in this movie. Forgot how great the dad character is. There's some, there's some real elements that I think get better the older you watch it. Some real hidden gems. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you need the nostalgia factor to have a good time, even if you've never seen it before. It's a fun ride. It's a fun ride. But um, Rachel, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a blast. A little relive in our glory days. This was great. I don't know if you have anything to plug. I think we should take the chance to maybe plug our alma mater's radio station. Give them a little shout out. <laughs> Sophia, do you still know? Um, oh my gosh. So, uh, so listeners, you can listen to WTVU, the beat of Boston University at 89.3 FM, FM. 6.40 AM. 6.40 AM. <laughs> or on BU Cable Channel 6? BU Cable Channel 6, online at WTVRadio.com. Oh, I don't know. Is it dot or it might be dot or I don't know. There's a, there's a place online. There's also an iPhone app. Mm-hmm. If they've got that working, I do, I don't know if they do. And you can call in to talk to people at six one seven six one seven three six four is it six four zero zero six four zero zero. Look at that, guys. That's our shameless plug for a radio station we no longer work for, but we have lots of fond memories from. So if you're looking for some college radio content, perhaps go give WTVU a listen. I don't know if you could find old Transmission Impossible episodes on there. They might, they might exist they somewhere. They might exist in an archive somewhere. But, uh, they will exist forever in our, in our hearts and in our memories. Yes, our fondest, fondest dreams. A lot of the movies we've talked about on this podcast made their first appearance on Transmission Impossible, Speed Racer, of course. No one has done Sing Street yet, holding out hope, but I'm sure someday that it'll was, circle around. That was also on my list of potential... Uh, <laughs> potential move. so you know if nobody ever if nobody ever picks sing street i'll come back and do sing street with you amazing we'll make it happen hold you to it well rachel thank you so much for joining us we'll be back again in two weeks with another movie but until then um i'm off to try and dream of a better world where i understand lava girl's backstory more intimately um but until next time happy happy watching Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Movie Struck. We'll be back on December 20th to talk about Ex Machina, but if you have any questions, comments, or concerns in the meantime, feel free to email the podcast at moviestruckpod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. And for uh, more from the Beat of Boston University, check out the links in the show notes to Rachel and I's previous podcasting experience.